Welcome to Kinsider, where we explore what's next in media and tech. I'm your host, Chris Peterson. Today, we're chatting with Station Head co-founder and CEO, Ryan Starr. Station Head is a platform that allows anyone to become the DJ of their own radio station. With millions of hosts and listeners, the platform has quickly become a place for fans and artists, from Cardi B to Coldplay, to connect via social audio. We also explore Ryan's path from being a recording artist on a major label and how that experience led him to become a co-founder and CEO of a tech company. Enjoy. Ryan Starr, CEO and co-founder of Station Head. Welcome to Kinsider. Thanks for having um, me. Yeah, well, of course, I'm really excited. Uh, first, this is the uh, first episode we've done of Kinsider in a very long time. Yeah. Um, and, and second... Um, I'm really excited to talk about what you're doing because it's, it's super interesting. At a high level, can you just tell the audience, what is Station Head? Station Head is a, a, a platform uh, and really a, a tool to, to have your own live radio show, right? Um, it's uh, global, it's uh, democratized, and it's, um, it's the first of its kind, to have a radio show from your phone or your desktop uh, around the planet and connect around music and your voice. Some might call it social audio. Some might call it, you know, what, you know, whatever is popping now. But really, the 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 essence here was was uh, to evolve radio into truly into the in, into the digital world, um, and, that, and that's what station it is. We allow anybody to have their own radio station from the palm of their hand. Awesome, and. To take a step back, we're going to dive into all the things Station Head does. But, you know, you and I first met. I had to go back and look. It was 2010. Oof. We both were living uh, different lives, lives then, I think. I was working for uh, a radio, a morning show, and you had just released or were about to release an album, yeah. 1159. Oh, yeah. I just, you know, I would love to just hear how you went from major label artist, you know, you're getting airplay or videos on MTV, VH1, et cetera to the CEO and co-founder of a tech company, you know, I mean, that's not the leap. I can't think of anyone else that's done that. <laughs> yeah. The, the, I mean, to be clear, man, we're on Z1 F and hundred. I mean, the that's right. biggest, most important station on the planet probably at the time. And uh, that story and journey just to get there to meet someone like you uh, was, was a, was, you know, a lifetime in its, in its own. But really what that was, was the prelude to uh, where we are today. Uh, so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I get asked that question more than most because no matter who you are, I think, um, you know, what do you want to be? You want to be like an athlete or you want to be a rock star growing up, or at least when I was growing up. And, uh, I genuinely left that world, um, for, for the moment. Um, it was backstage at the Bowery ballroom at a sold out show only, only a few days after I performed on the tonight show, you know, like I, I, I was lucky enough to have hits on the radio and be on TV and things like that. But there was a big, bigger mission from that experience, from going around to those kinds of stations all over the, all over the country uh, and realizing there was, there was something that had to be done. You know, I, I'd, I'd go to these stations, I would drive through the night, I'd kill myself every day to, to get to that morning show have the time of my life to put on headphones and get in front of a microphone like this and talk to people, uh, talk to strangers, talk to fans, take requests. I realized when I'd come home to Brooklyn and the label would say, 
you know, you got to get on tick, you got to get on Instagram. You got to take pictures of your French toast and you got to, uh, you know, do dances and all these kinds of things. I thought, you know, where's that digital experience for what I love so much out there, what I've gotten to experience out there, connecting around my voice and connecting around the music. And, um, I thought there, there really was no digital experience in that new world that was coming, which was creator tools to launch new kinds of creators like radio DJs or, or YouTubers or gamers. Uh, there was nothing like that for, for, for that experience I love so much about radio. And at the same time, as an artist, I, I was lucky enough at the time to, to have backing from a major record label. But I would hear things out there from these program directors, from these gatekeepers. And the idea of a gatekeeper almost is like very, that says it all right there. Like, that's not where we're headed. That's not Web3. That's not decentralized. That's the opposite. That's not transparent. So these gatekeepers would say things, and I'd hear it all the time, like, hey, man, we don't, we don't break the hits. We play the hits. And I thought, well, that's not going to fly with the kids, and that's not going to fly in the future. And that's, that's where it ended for me. That's where, that, that's where I knew we needed to, like, shake it up, and I needed, we needed to create a, um, a democratized broadcasting platform. Uh, to so much that our, 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 our slogan is, the air belongs to you. And, and I mean that wholeheartedly. And I mean that so much that I traded in that life. And people are like, what did you do? Why did you, how are you like, how do you like run a business now and run a team? And, and I say, it's the same thing I started when I was a 15-year-old kid on my, on my bed dreaming of being on Z100 or MTV or something. I, I would dream about connecting with people around the planet because my music would maybe inspire them or whatnot. And I think every day when I wake up making Station Head and building that, that's exactly what I'm doing, making you know, making something that will truly inspire and, and make the world better. Um, and now we hear it every day. We hear it every day as creators come on, becoming DJs. They never knew they'd be DJs. They never knew they'd be, you know, talking like this and, and playing music and connecting with people around the world. And that's what we're doing, though. We're seeing people say, like, I'm a DJ at Station Head. You know, like, that, that to me is the greatest victory. And at the end of the day, I'm doing the same thing I wanted to do as a musician, which is connecting people. Uh, and inspiring people through music and the stories that surround it and the community that comes together. And I'm just doing it at a much bigger scale. Yeah. And, and, you know, a couple of things that strike me with what you just said was first a decade ago, just from a tech standpoint, it just seems it was so much different, you know, and especially around like an artist, unless you're in person, you can't really connect and you couldn't connect back then, like directly with an artist. Right. Like, you know, maybe they could see your tweet or yeah. something like that, right? But there was no two-way conversation for the most part. And you nailed it with um, one of the things that drew me into Station Head is the same thing that drew me into podcasting was mm -hmm. I got turned down to be on air when I tried to be a, <laughs> a DJ at an alt-rock station, right? Because uh, I was not possible. Oh, it. you know what? They probably told you. They probably said, you know what? You have a face for television, not, yeah, not that's for what radio. They said. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. But like podcasting, it gives that platform and voice to to literally anyone. And we've seen the great content that's come out of that because there wasn't a gatekeeper to say, well, you can't be on this platform, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know, all from from the uh, now IP that's come out of it, um, it's the same thing. You know, you've got someone that never would have had the opportunity to get on air, and especially in the radio industry with the way it is today, um, syndication, et cetera. You're not going to go get a local job in Des Moines, Iowa, hardly anymore, right? Like, yeah, so you've gone. got that outlet. That's where they uh, go. Ryan Seacrest is channeling, syndicating to you from from Hollywood somewhere. If you're in the middle of Iowa, okay. So two things you hit. So the so 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 for example, the Facebooks and the and the social platforms. You know, 
I, I would come home. I, I would book a show in Austin, and I'd, I'd spend my money. I'd go. I'd get the band there. I'd build this thing. I'd promote it. I'm, I'm not Jay-Z, right? I'm not Bieber. So there's no billboards in town announcing I'm coming to your town, right? So mm. I needed to connect to my audience and do it the only way we could at the time, which was really through socials, right? And Facebook. But the algorithms, which are so famously coming to light now, and people are finally waking up to it, but like they blocked me from reaching all of my audience. It was not transparent. Mm. They blocked me. I worked my ass off. I, I, I promoted. I went down to Austin. I play a show in Austin. And then, uh, you know, it's fine. It wasn't the saddest thing, but, it, you know, could it have been bigger? Sure. I come back. I'm excited about what I just did. I post some pictures. And that algorithm, though, was like really viral, right? So that algorithm hit all the fans. And they said, oh, my God, people in Austin, I've been waiting five years for you to come play in my town. Like, I can't believe I missed this show. How did I not know? And I thought, whoa, I, I don't own my audience. I don't, I don't, yeah. these are not my audience. This is their audience. And traditionally musicians specifically have built all of these platforms they're always the musicians build the platforms right we we gave up our direct you know line to our audience and for me i wanted that transparency i wanted to be able to have a microphone a walkie-talkie if that to, to like speak to my people and more importantly i wanted to speak about the music and give context to my community that way every artistic misstep i ever made in my life was because my brain had to somehow process that it was better for the the, the bigger good to, to please this gatekeeper, uh, which essentially meant I had to compromise my true vision and my art. And the thing I love most about where this world is, and it might be noisier, it might be easier entry, and we could talk about all that, but like what I love most is that people now have to build their visions on their own. And they don't have to say like, if I only get this guy to like me, then I'll have a chance. That's how it used to be. Now, the power is in these artists' hand. It's going to be an incredible movement and incredible art will come out because it won't be watered down. It won't be through the eyes of some A&R guy or something. And, and looking back even farther, like radio made me. I was at an age where this is pre, you know, I, I, I'm lucky enough to have lived through like this analog world and this digital world. And some radio DJ at midnight on a Sunday night on a Long Island radio station, took a shot of my band, played my band, and the next thing, Madonna signed me to her record label. Like, that's how it went back then. And it's fine it doesn't happen that way, but no one should be fooled that, that like, that medium and that old model is not breaking the stars of today. We know where the stars of today are coming out, and there are no gatekeepers there, right? It's for them to, like, get their vision out to the world and see who reacts to it. And that needed to be, that needed to happen in radio. That needed to happen. We needed to evolve radio into the next generation and and that's that's where i was inspired to do so give give birth to a trillion voices in the wilderness having their own shows and talking hard and uh inspiring a whole new generation to like find their voices around music and community which is stationed right now we're in this like crater economy um and and i feel like station head is is owning that for this you know social audio um and especially combined with music Talk maybe about, you know, how many people are actually on this platform, right? So it's, it's not just, uh, you know, me putting on a radio show and playing my favorite songs and three people listening, right? Like, uh, you've got a lot of people and a big community uh, and a lot of communities, I should say, right? Like that are that are very active on your platform. Yeah, yeah. It, it took us a minute. We were, we were, you mentioned a few years ago, we were onto this thing. And trust me, I've been laughed out of meetings where they said if how are you not putting video on this and how how is it like what are you crazy we'll never do this and and now you know social audio has arrived people understand the value of and the intimacy and the emotional connection between 
voice and we're doing it right here, you know? Um, so that's, that's, that's arrived. And we were early on that. And by being early on something means that you get to be in the, in the lab, you get to be, you know, rocking out in your parents' basement <laughs> or in our case on 23rd street in a one bedroom apartment, building out, <laughs> building out station head and learning and figuring it out and becoming experts on, on what will become social audio. So now about eight months ago, we put out a product, you know, we finally, I would say came out of what would have been called a beta and we put out a, a real product and that product has resonated um, with, you mentioned creators in the creator economy. It's resonated with creators. And when you create a transformative platform, you know, what, what, what happens is, is you give birth to a new segment. You give birth to a new kind of creator in this case. Uh, YouTube gave birth to YouTube creators, Twitch gamers. These things didn't exist before. And what I'm most proud about, what I get most excited about are these creators coming. And the listeners are great and the growth is awesome and it's global and it's incredible and there's always more to be done there. But what we've really figured out right now is we've built the best and really one of only of its kind radio DJ creator tool, right? Like you can go on air right from your phone. You could have your choose your walk on music, go on air with your voice, call some listeners on, take requests, chat in there, make money from your fans tipping you, you know, a la Twitch style, you know and create this community and this bond globally around music. So the creator uh, part part we hit, and, and I came from that, right? Like when I owned my masters for the first time since Madonna signed my band when I was a kid, you know, I have many record deals and I finally owned my masters. And I thought, where's the value? Like, where are we actually selling music industry? What's going on? Well, they would tell me, hey, you're selling that piece of plastic that we make the most money on. It's called a CD. And I'd go out every night after and I'd be at the merch booth because you had to do that. You had to hustle again. And what I realized I was selling every night after shows was not this CD. They were they already had the music. You know, they wanted to meet me. They wanted a conversation. They wanted a picture. They wanted a signature, right? They wanted some different, they wanted a different experience than we were actually selling them. And uh, I think that gave birth to the creator economy. Like it was more than this music they wanted. They wanted this experience. They wanted an artist. Um, so, so with that, I actually was early on those kind of crowdfunded campaigns because I owned my music for the first time. And I thought, um, you know, I started seeing that there was value and there were ways that the music industry specifically wasn't asking for money. There was no like cash register there. And I'd get, uh, you know, every city I'd go to, I'd get, a, I'd get somebody that would come with a hundred dollar bill to me. It was always a very awkward thing for me. Uh, but every city I went to, and I'm not making this up, there'd be somebody like clockwork. Here's a hundred dollars. Yo, what is this? It's a little weird. What do you need? What do you want? I've been listening to music for 10 years. I don't think I've ever paid for it. And wow. I just love you and you, you like changed my life and I needed to get, and it would happen all the time. And I realized, wow, they don't even know what they're selling. Right. And what we needed to, what we needed to do is create more of this experience around the music. And it, it always makes me laugh. And I did a pledge campaign. I, I made more money through crowdsourcing from a global audience than I made with all my record deals and all that. It's like, mm -hmm. like going direct and giving them a better experience as an artist. I had a better experience with this intimacy and this transparency and it was a beautiful thing and now on twitter i'll see like vcs you know having having a uh, fireside chats about the creator economy and i'm like man here in like what do you know about the creator? i'm thinking this reminds me a lot about when they started letting finance bros into the soho house like <laughs> i smell this okay what do you know what do you know dude about the creator economy tell me uh so so station was very much built for that 
let's give the experience they really want around the music, not just the sale of the music, but the experience. And I also incredibly valued streaming as someone that owned their masters while all my friends some some big stars saying streaming sucks it's going to kill our industry and you know you remember Adele like still selling records at Target and Taylor the big ones were still taking all the crumbs off the table like there's more for us yeah. now but no one was selling CDs no one was and 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 streaming I was like whoa the more streams you get the more money you make and I did a tour in Sweden and everyone had streaming everyone had Spotify it was like whoa if we get that happening here in the states and globally music industry saved it is now we see that now but those are the two things I bet on early experiential like a creator economy value the future of streaming and the power of audio and the and, and the desire to connect that way with 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 people i mean it's not just you know uh random creators jumping on that are want to be dj or whatever i think i've seen um i thought i saw coldplay tweet about station head in the last week or so uh brandy carlisle launched a station with her uh latest album i mean it feels like Station Head in, in a very quick time frame is now part of the promotion cycle that used to just be, hey, can we can we hang around Z100 enough and uh, get you on air for yeah. a second, right, or whatever? It's the um, coolest, man. Yeah, you just hit it, man. They, so, so, so these people about so about the platform we released a few months ago. That 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 tool was was usable. It was like people understood. Whoa, this is like this is the future of audio and music and connections and friends. So much that Cardi B, in her car on the way to get tacos post Grammys, heard her fans had a radio station called Barty gang radio right <laughs> and they were going on every day tons of people would show up without cardi just because it was celebrating it was it was it was putting the tribe together globally like all these kids were making a radio station on their own about celebrating cardi talking about cardi playing her music connecting as a crew like getting to know each other you know they were no longer in the corners of twitter and Spotify playlists and Facebook groups. They were here at Station Head connecting around what they love most as a music-obsessed community. Cardi, of course, finds out about it on Twitter, probably while driving, I don't know. And then she, she logs into the station instantly. She hops on from her car, and she's a guest on her fan station. Since then, she's probably been on, you know, at least a dozen times, if not more, sometimes with offset from bed, you know? It's the greatest button on her phone, man. She has... Talk about a dopamine hit that's worn off on other social platforms. Like we're all sad and lonely now and lost and, you know, realizing we've been played. She has this button on her phone that is her fans always on air celebrating her life's work, talking about her. So she comes on and, 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 and she validates the community and the people doing the hard work, keeping her station going, party gang. She validates it. She's a guest. She has fun. They continue to rock. They inspire other creators to come on and do the same thing. And that has inspired countless. I mean, the, the list is getting just awesome. You just said it. Uh, Coldplay, Ed Sheeran today. Artists, uh, you know, that are, that are massive global stars, especially some, some K-pop artists. Um, you have uh, Camila Cabello, Charlie Puth. Uh, the Wallows last week, uh, you know, Brandy Carlisle was an incredible moment. In, in her case, she launched the station herself, and she did it backstage on release night, three nights before she went on Howard Stern, and yeah. a week and a half before Saturday Night Live. And her record just came out, and her and her band were backstage. And I give her all the credit, because I would have been babying my voice or something before, and she was just having a radio show and talking about the new release that she worked so hard on. And uh, she was giving beautiful context around each song and calling on 
fans around the globe and, and, and giving them a thrill and talking to them. And the cool thing is, too, you mentioned Z100. It wasn't like that canned, like, I'm doing my promo. I got to, like, you know, learn my lines and make sure the agenda gets out. There wasn't that. They realized quickly because it's more of a social uh, approach we're used to. It was a lot more authentic and, 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 and intimate. And that's the beautiful experience. And she got out everything she wanted to say about this record to her greatest fans. Um, so, yeah, we're seeing incredible adoption. It's almost become like you can't not you know, put out a record and, and do your album listening party or walkthrough on station head. And then when you're finished, your fans will continue to engage as a community there and keep the air alive all around the music. So it's been really powerful. And, um, sometimes when they're, when they're really big shows, you can't afford not to do your release because we drive so many streams because of our partnership with the streaming services. BTS fandom had 200,000 concurrent listeners on one station on a giant global listening party that drove millions of paid streams, which catapulted them. Billboard covered this, and I got a call from their data people that we we drove them to number one on that first week. And we did the same thing a few weeks ago with NBA Youngboy when his crew and all his friends were kind of having a radio station for him and, and keeping the air alive and playing his music. We drive incredible amounts of streams when the communities come together in larger numbers. Even the biggest shows Clubhouse has had with celebrity talent you know, with Elon Musk or Tim Dillon. I mean, like the, we, we've eclipsed any kind of audio, live audio records probably on this planet. You know, you mentioned Brandy doing it backstage. Um, when I first opened what the product is today, it really is insanely easy to use. It's, I mean, if you can open your camera app on your iPhone, you can use and start a radio station on, on Station Head. And like you said, you can, you know, choose your uh, intro music, then you hook up to your Spotify or Apple music playlist, right? And create the playlist out of that, which then, as you mentioned, drives streams for each time. If you have 100,000 people listening concurrently to one song, that's 100,000 plays for the artist. So it benefits Boom. those platforms as well as the artists and labels, correct? Absolutely. What did I want? I wanted direct connection to my fans, transparency, community, and I wanted to get more streams for my music. Yeah. You host your own show too, right? This is this is why I wanted to be on your podcast. So yeah, every Monday night, I go on. It's essentially me running test flight, right? We're always pushing product. I used to build records and make music, and now I build product. You know, like it's 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 ecstatic. You know, you get to put things out and iterate. So I'm usually beating up the new test flight, reporting some bugs and stuff before we go live. And uh, so I do this thing called Self Pollution Radio. Why is it called Self Pollution Radio? And and, and actually, I'm going to ask you first. And and I, if you if you know this, I will like send you a thousand dollars today. Of money i'd have to borrow from somebody but yeah do you know why i don't know okay awesome no somebody listening knows why and they're just like psyched i'm about to say it when i when i was young z100 uh syndicated a show called self-pollution radio I, i'm sure you can google it it was probably like 1992 93 Pearl Jam was the biggest band in the world. Pop radio was playing the Pumpkins and Nirvana and Soundgarden, Screaming Trees, Pearl Jam. And it was that was the popular music. And it was a great time. So they gave Pearl Jam uh, the ability to host a radio show one night from uh, outside. I think it was Irving Plaza or Roseland, one of their like big New York concerts. And uh, they were on the bus. They probably brought in a ton of gear to make this happen. And there was like Sonic Youth was there and like Soundguard and the whole crew. They were all just having a radio show. They were playing Fugazi and the Descendants and some live stuff. And 
Eddie Vedder was just playing a radio show and playing me music and blowing my mind. And it was a one-off thing syndicated to all the big stations around the country. And it was called self-pollution radio. So I titled it in, in the hopes that somehow Eddie Vedder will hear about it and want to be a guest on my show. Just, just for, <laughs> for that reason alone. Station head was almost called self-pollution radio. It would have been a different, wow. different piece, but it was very much inspired by, by the idea that someone like Pearl Jim could, could talk hard and have a radio station from, backstage and what i believe then is still true and these artists are coming on and having their own radio shows and it's brilliant but what i didn't see coming was this creator economy thing you're talking about i didn't see some kid that was not you know doing any other kind of platform that was like i want to be a radio dj and i'm going to go on station head and that to me is the most exciting and just connect with people you know like message boards were a big thing you know when i was like in the you know listening to punk music in high school and stuff right at the dawn of like the internet. Right. Yeah. Like, but we're talking about such a small group of people um, compared to the type of audience you're able to connect with. And, you know, basically all you did was get in fights on those. These are people coming together just to share their love of BTS or any other artists. If you're into K-pop and, and you don't live in certain communities in the U S you know, you go to station head to connect with everyone, right? The beauty I hear of people that never would be caught dead on other platforms because it's about your brand and your and who you're pretending to be um, is a great example. Raekwon, Chef the Butcher from Wu Tang Clan, goes on there and he's having a radio show and he calls on, thanks to Z100, a soccer mom fan of mine <laughs> uh, who I love dearly. Her name's Concert Sandy, and I mean that with all love. Uh, she's a beautiful music lover. But there's not a world. Chef, the butcher, and concert Sandy would be like in a picture on Instagram together or adding each other on Twitter, right? Right. On Station Ed, they get in the conversation, and this is the power of music. This is the power of that thing, of that local thing I'm talking about. They, they actually are from Staten Island. They start talking about this pizza place they love, and about 30 seconds into the conversation, and they both realize very quickly that at 13 years old, they were inspired by the same Commodore song, and it sent them both into their respective careers and who they are as people and the trajectory of their life. And I, as a, as a, as a listener will never forget that moment and never forget that story attached to that music. Neither of them will. And they were bonded just like that. Music has that really timeless magic about connecting people and bringing it together. Between all of the tech companies, social media platforms, record labels and radio where do you see station head in like five years the air i see it in the air feel it in the air i hear it in the air and i feel like i'm going to walk down a drugstore aisle five and i'm going to hear <laughs> a station head creator coming off those speakers i i believe we are the next evolution of in general the music experience and the social community experience around it um that, that's, where I, that's where I see Station Head uh, kind of being that evolved version of how we all listen and communicate through music. So on this journey from musician to now co-founder, CEO, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned? The best lesson I've learned as the CEO of a startup now is... is uh, there's so many lessons, but I'll, 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 I'll sum it up into one word, and that would be courage. That's the business I'm in. 
That's the business I w- I've always been in, I've realized. As much as I like stability like any human would, um, I have a family now, I've realized since the since I was young, like who in their right mind would like, you know, dream of playing in front of thousands of people every night and be on the radio and having hits like that's that sounds crazy. But yet I did that because a lot of people have visions and ideas. But that for that ne- second step, you know, when you actually start doing it, um, you do not do that unless you have courage. And I don't care how old you are, whenever it is. Um, that's that's the business of a CEO, startup of a CEO. That's that's the business I'm in, the courage business. The sub the sub categories under that, most definitely I learned from being an artist, right? Nothing 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 you'd learn in business school would teach you how to inspire a team around you or a band to eat terribly, drive through the night, sleep on floors, brush your teeth at McDonald's. I mean nothing short of just like true inspiration and belief because you can't do it alone as a solo artist you can't even do it alone you need the team and um my life was spent with incredible partners around me driving through the night with me you know to get me to that radio show the next morning right so i could sleep or whatnot and uh, i currently have a team happened a few weeks ago Cardi B tweeted at me, yo, our star, get my back, play the tapes. She wanted me to play a show that she did to like, there was some cultural drama going on. And 3 a.m., I called the team. They were up. They they could have easily, any anybody listening that runs a business knows that they could have said, ah, yo, chief, I, I, saw, I saw you called last night. What's up? No, they were all up. We were on a Zoom company-wide, 14 strong out of Brooklyn on a Zoom call that night, working through it. And that's the spirit. And that's what really, that's what I really learned, which is like, you know, find people that you could drive through the night with and uh, have the courage to see a vision out. All right, Ryan, thanks so much for uh, coming on the podcast. Um, After taking a year off, this was the way I wanted to get back to it. So I appreciate it. Um, Can you tell everyone how to get Station Head? Uh, how to start their start their own radio show, and most importantly, how to listen to your radio show <laughs> one last time. Yeah, man. Uh, well, well, thank you again. Uh, this this was you know highlight of my of my week, and I, I love talking to you, especially you, because uh, you've been on the journey with me clearly uh, for for a while now, um, and it's been it's been awesome knowing you, and I know we're you know, living in a similar space. Uh, so, so to do this together in real time is, is awesome. And I hope next time it's truly in person. So, uh, how do you get station head? <laughs> I like the way you frame that question. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. So I, I, on the iOS or, or Google, you know, you or, or Android, just, uh, it's in the app stores. Um, and the, the, the web platform is, is alive and well now too. So yeah, download the app, go live, go on air, tell your friends. Um, and, 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 and light it up. The air belongs to you. Love it. All right, man. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Talk to you later, brother. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Kinsider. If you like this episode, please hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to podcasts. If there's an option to leave a review, that'd be great. For Kindred Media, I'm Chris Peterson. Talk to you next time.